0: everybody and welcome to kernels of truth uh, I'm your host today standing in for the great Aaron files I'm Kimberly Cecil Jones and we want to welcome you uh, this is this great show is brought to you by progress Kentucky and do we have a special episode for you this week Aaron is out of state so I guess it's gonna be me. And we've got a special guest host that you'll hear from in a moment and a wonderful guest, a candidate for Jefferson County's um, chief election officer uh, for the Jefferson County clerk, uh, my friend, my sister in the movement, Tina Ward Pugue. will hear how she views the current war on democracy and what Tina is planning to make elections work effectively in Kentucky's Democratic stronghold. And as a shout out to our final episode in Pride Month, Ms. Ward Pugue is also the first openly gay elected official in the state of Kentucky. But first, are you ready to turn Kentucky purple? I know you are, you're tired of it being completely red and we're a poor state, they say, with poor health outcomes, yet this state continues to elect GOP supermajorities to do everything possible to cut government services uh, and tribute to lowering the tax burdens on rich folks in our Commonwealth. Instead of lowering the cost of insulin or supporting more social workers or even raising our pathetically low minimum wage, we've got a gang in Frankfurt, and I tell you they are bully bound and determined to end access to abortion care, reproductive rights for women, and ending any efforts to increase gun safety in Kentucky. If you think this is completely backwards, then we need your voice and your vote. If you want a commonwealth that works for all of us join progress kentucky it's really relatively easy follow us on facebook twitter instagram wherever you spend time on your social media now make sure to like or share and comment on our content. uh content is what i meant to say if you like what you're hearing on kernels of truth give us a thumbs up leave us a review share our show and now we're going to do our most greatest thing that we do every week. And we have our protest sign. So um, today, my protest sign says, get Clarence Thomas out. Get Clarence Thomas out. So who and where and what does your protest sign say today? Oh, and you there uh -uh, on the internet, we mean you too. Uh, we want to read what your sign says, so put it in the chat while we're sharing ours. And as I told you before, mine says, get rid of Clarence Thomas. So uh, first of all, let's go to our wonderful other co-host for the evening, Mr. Dougie Fresh, as I affectionately call him. Otherwise, you know him from the is Right. So Dougie, Dougie Fresh, what's your protest sign say today?
1: Hello, Kimberly and Nima. Uh, I'm coming to you from Harrison County, Kentucky. And you missed just missed a period tea at Ashford Acres uh, about a week ago, but be on the lookout for another one. Plus, uh, come visit with Matt Lehman at Mass uh, Maiden City Brewery on, I believe it's November the 14th. My sign says, I'm going to hold it up, and you'll get more information on this later. But my sign says, roll Pack. How are you Nema? <laughs> I'm
0: whoa, doing whoa, whoa, pretty Wait, wait, good. wait, wait, hold up. Row pack. Row versus yes. weight.
1: We need a pack. Uh No, it's not row versus weight, but you'll learn more about it in my segment. How about that? Oh,
0: that's what I was hoping you were going to say. Thank you, Dougie Fresh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, that's a surprise. (laughs) A little teaser. Um, So my protest everything is on fire. Everything. And, you know, hopefully that would make people look around and be like, no shit, everything is on fire. Everything's on fire. And we've got to do something about it, you guys. That's what mom
0: would say. Yeah, everything does seem to be on fire right now, but I still have that little percentage of optimism and hope for all of the people of Kentucky, because, you know, we are a state that believes in family, we believe in a lot of things, but we just need to all be on the same page of music when it comes to believing in what we need and our legislators and what laws that we need. So Nima, I understand you have the first story, uh, news of the week. I do, I don't know how I drew the
2: short straw on this, but I, I guess I'll take it, um, unless you've been living in a cave, uh over the last, you know, several uh well actually once the leak came out, but um actually just since last Friday, um we all know that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade. And um I, I can't believe I just said that out loud. That that's the first thing that's just crazy. Um it, it, I, I don't even know you guys but 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 because of that you know, Kentucky has a trigger law, and that basically triggered if, if abortion, if Roe v. Wade was overturned, it would be basically hard, non-existent, there's no abortion in Kentucky, right? And so, um, that trigger law kicked in, and so now we're looking at Kentucky, basically, Kentucky women not having the same rights as Illinois women, um, and that, to me, is basically what this breaks down to. Because, you know, you're looking at um, at this, and there's really, how does that make sense? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Can you guys help me out? Because I do not understand how that makes any sense. Um, and and so, what the, the good news is, is that of course, ACLU and Planned Parenthood um, have uh, filed a suit to block it. I believe that was in court today. <clears throat> in jefferson county and the last i heard and and check me on this uh my louisville friends um the last i heard was it would be maybe a couple of days uh before the judge would be able to make a ruling on that but it's a mess uh it's a total mess i have a 14 year old daughter this is unacceptable on every level um and you know but i'll be honest guys i'm pissed off i'm pissed off because we have become you know, and I, when I say we, I mean white women. I'm not. I'm not playing on this. I mean white women. You know what are we doing? What are we doing? We are hurting our kids, our daughters, ourselves. This. This is. I mean, this it makes absolutely no. I mean, I'm angry, and I'm not only angry at white women. I'm angry at the Democratic Party, for I feel. I'll be honest, guys. I feel like both parties have pulled us by a string, like, you know that commercial where the guy's waving the dollar bill in front of somebody's face, and then he pulls it back? I kind of feel betrayed by both sides um, on this, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do with this rage, um, but, you know, I I can't be silent about it anymore, I just cannot be like, well, you know, no, it's not my business, you know, I mean, I just, I cannot do this anymore, cannot, so what are are your all, what's your all's feelings? Miss Kim
0: (laughs) oh, I'm sorry that the sunlight I've closed all the blinds But hey when you shine (laughs) like a diamond You shine (laughs) like a diamond Um, Nima I hear you girl Although I am for the rights For a woman to Be the leader of her own body Um this is a nightmare that I thought would never actually happen. But since Trump, anything is possible to happen. And um, you know, this just opens a big can of whoop, (laughs) A-Z-Z-Z-Z. Because now there's a lot of other things that are extremely vulnerable right now, and we're talking about uh, same-sex marriages, um, something other people didn't think about that when you are in civil unions uh, to get your partner's health care or any of those type of benefits, and we're also talking about interracial marriage and. The one thing I haven't really heard people talking about with the situation as it opened up this can is that we still do not have bipartisan support and pass for what voters' rights, which affects who basically your brown and most definitely black folks. So, um I don't know how they could have allowed this. And notice how all of this came out because uh, what's his name? Um, The Supreme Court Justice, he retires tomorrow morning, uh, actually at 12 noon, he retires. Mm -hmm. And then our brand new judge will be able to come in, uh, Judge uh, Brown Jackson. So uh, why couldn't this wait until she was on the bench, right? Um, I don't even know if it would have gone through or not. So we really don't know. But it is a tragedy for our democracy. It's most certainly a tragedy for the United States of America and for women.
2: It, it, it really. It, it, I, I mean, I never thought, you know, and and I, and, and my mother didn't, couldn't have credit, you know, shortly before I was born in her own name, right? Didn't couldn't get credit. And you know, and I think about this, and I think about you know we have moved the needle, but but we but I just don't understand. But I'll I'll tell you, um, it does not surprise me. Uh, women are terrible to other women, especially. <laughs> so it it you know it does not it it does not uh, compute as as to that we're here. But I'm not surprised that we're here. Um, but the other thing I think that's interesting about this, and you were talking about this, uh, Ms. Kimberly, the, the, the trickle down that we're seeing in the, what you're opening the can, it's opening up. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions about in vitro fertilizations. Uh, what, what happens to those eggs that are, that are being, you know, uh, preserved. Uh, there's a lot of questions about a lot of things. I'll tell you all, I watched uh, a CNN report about where in Poland, where they have, Abolished abortion, pretty much, and um, I, I, I was, I was sick to my stomach over watching it. And truly, I think the tra- most tragic thing about all this, at least in what I'm seeing with personal stories, is that this is a silent pain of women. That women, no matter who you are, no matter anything, if you're a woman and you have become pregnant, wanted to become pregnant, anything, this is. Something that connects us all is motherhood, right? Or not? Or choosing not to be a mother. All those things. And what's so d- sickening to me is that now we're seeing w- women share this silent pain that they have carried for years, and they're sharing it because it's necessary, because they have at least felt they found that courage to say, "I I would be dead if I did," you know, "I would be." Dead. But it makes me angry to see these pictures of these women holding these 19 week old fetuses, you know, and saying, I, I, I'm telling you, all I'm so mad, like my blood pressure is
0: up. I know, I can tell. I Wait mean, a minute, it, Dougie Fresh, what do you have to say yeah, about this? Uh, Nima? Yeah. you need to have a, you know, we don't <laughs> care. You're grown. You can fix you up. I we can make it, this the cocktail hot. hour because hell.
1: I've got a few things I'd like to say. You know, this may be the issue that finally galvanizes a lot of people into making change. At least that's what I hope. I saw there was a poll that came out. I just saw it on Twitter like a few minutes ago. It said that 62% of Kentuckians oppose the Kentucky state abortion law. That ought to say something. If we get those 62% of people to vote for progressives as opposed to voting for conservatives, then you know we can start to make change. Uh, so maybe this is something that will galvanize people to, uh, to come together and, and vote the right way.
0: Oh, Doug, ah. you're so... You're so, you're- I know we got to keep some optimism. Thank you, Dougie Fresh, because. But you know what? I. The Handmaid's Tale, you know, on on Hulu. I didn't. I watched seasons one through three. I thought it was too close, too real. Had to take a break. Started, yes. you know, season five is about to come up. So that shows you how long I'm behind. So I tried to look at a few episodes of season four. Uh. Still too real, still can happen. Okay, so I wanna know as we are progressive, as we want things to work better in our lives for everyone. You know, we're not talking about parties here. We're just talking about human beings. We're talking about people. When are we going to finally get something that we want, that we need? And we march and we march and we march. And I'm not telling people not to protest. I'm not telling people not to rally. But there has to be a second portion of that. Because as you can tell, some of it's not working. But uh, tell us what you think about it in the comments. Let us know. When you think about this overturning of Roe versus Wade, I mean, I mean, it's like a it's like living in the Twilight Zone. Like, is this <laughs> like somebody wake me up? It's like
1: I'm, i I was listening to a talk radio show host the other day, and it had to have been the only talk show host that was progressive rather than. A conservative, because you hear those people, and you know they they have the same line. Everything is always the Democrats are always horrible. They don't know what they're doing, and all this stuff. And this person was talking about Roe v. Wade, and he was trying to get women to call in because he wanted their perspective. Uh, this is an issue that you know I can opine on and talk about and fuss about and all that, but. You know i'm i'm a guy i'm not a woman i don't have to live this and he was having trouble getting people to call in but i think this is where we we need to get uh, galvanized as i said before and we need to come together and we need to push this issue very 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 hard
0: yes most definitely um, thank you, Doug, and I think you have a great story. You know, we love your stories. You are such a policy wonk. You know, you know how to break it down so all of us can understand the mumbo jumbo of everything. So, what you got going on, Doug?
1: Okay, I'll go into uh, to my story that I'm going to be talking about. Um, actually, looking at some of the businesses that have come out talking about um, Roe v Wade we'm gonna start out with Roe v Wade Roe v. Wade well we knew it was coming but it's still a shock. Several companies made statements to support their employees if an employee had access to health care need to have access to health care in other states. The first one I heard about was Dick sporting Goods and to be honest I almost cried over the news I was so, um, shaken by it. then several others came out, including J.P. Morgan Chase. I looked on their website, and I guess it's no wonder they um, are in favor of this. 52% of their workforce is female. Other companies, including Yelp, Microsoft, Starbucks, Lyft, Netflix, Mastercard, Kroger, Uber, DoorDash, American Express, Bank of America. Walt Disney, Amazon, Apple, Levi Strauss, among others, all promising to help their employees obtain health care when they needed to leave their home state in order to obtain. Prior to the release of Roe v. Wade, uh, Bill Gates weighed in. I was shocked to wake up to the news this morning. A reversal of, of Roe v. Wade would set us back 50 years and disproportionately impact the most vulnerable women in society. I support a, women's, a woman's right to make their own decisions about their health care. The outgoing meta, formerly known as Facebook, Chief, Operation, Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg slammed the Supreme Court's 6-3 decision on Friday to return Roe v. Wade that legalized abortion at federal level calling it a huge setback for the United States. For ourselves, our daughters, and every generation that follows, we must keep up the fight. Together, we must protect and expand abortion access. Goldman Sachs jumped on board. While researching uh, Goldman Sachs, I found out that two years ago, the CEO of Goldman Sachs noted that the company would no longer work With all white male boards. That's a pretty big, pretty big step and something I can really uh, get on board with. Tesla weighed in and stated their safety net program and health insurance would include travel and lodging. Initially, I thought this article would include information on donations from some of the companies that jumped on the women's rights bandwagon. And then I went in a different direction. I found this information on the Open Secrets website. Money talks and powerful organizations use it to influence elections and policy. Each organization profile tracks campaign contributions from the organization's employees and members, its PAC, and from the organization itself only when it gives to outside groups. Each profile also tracks the organization's lobbying activity to influence public policy as well as its outside spending to influence elections. This is what I think should happen. Elon Musk not weigh in on this issue, but I mention him because of his ability to do what I think. People like him, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Sheryl Sandberg, Mark Zuckerberg, Michael Bloomberg, George Soros, Warren Buffett, they should all get together and form the ROW PAC, Rights of Women PAC, and agree to drop $1 billion in an effort to swing elections in at least five Republican senatorial races, starting perhaps in Kentucky. That is where we win the battle. We flip Senate seats we register women voters, we make sure that as many people as possible vote in the upcoming Senate elections and beyond. We take back our rights from old and young, ultra-conservative U.S. Supreme Court justices who obviously don't have we the people in mind, and according to most reports, they're just getting started. Next up, gay marriage and other rights stand in the way of those bought and paid for political appointees and orchestrated by none other than our Senator Mitch McConnell. Rogers, Kentucky is ready to stand with the newly formed, newly named Roll Pack. Well, I guess we would have to vote on this matter, but I feel certain that we would be on board. What about it, Kimberly and Nima? What are your thoughts? <laughs>
0: I'm gonna let Nima go first on this one. <laughs> uh, thank you.
2: I, I'll tell you. You know what? I think it's a great idea. Uh, but but he, and, and 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 I'm just you know I'm just crazy enough to think this. You know the big corporations have not been getting the love from the GOP uh, lately, and so you know if they want to help us out, you know what I'm saying. I mean they've been kind of getting shit on. Uh, you know, the chamber lost big up in Northern Kentucky in the primaries. Uh, there's been all kinds of talk about the government interfering in their public and their in their private businesses, right? They might buy into the, something like that, but I don't trust Elon Musk as far as I'm throwing. That's all I'm saying on that.
0: Well, I think you're waiting for me. Why does my face seem bigger than everyone else's? But anyway, (laughs) um, what I'm thinking is exactly what I said before. Uh, We are all very vulnerable right now. And a lot of people don't understand what's really at stake. No one's really understanding that these justices, are they even legitimate because Mm, from the way that these uh, congressional hearings and the information is coming up, maybe we had an illegal president. So, um, I don't know exactly what we're going to do except to do what we've always done, and that's to fight, make people understand, and get some of these people out of office. I don't care who you are, Joe Manchin, Christian Sinema. Uh, <laughs> Get them out because it's we're going back. We're going all the way back and there won't be much progress made. So uh, it's very scary to me, but I'm staying optimistic so that I won't go crazy and ballistic. But yes, it, it saddens me and it hurts me for what our country so. is now becoming. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I think I have heard that the uh,
1: three of the last justices that were appointed all stated when they were being questioned during the Senate processes to uh, actually approve their nominations, they all stated that they would not overturn Roe v. Wade or they, maybe they sidestepped it, but the, the inference was given that Roe v. Wade was something that uh, would not change. But uh, obviously, a six-three vote. Uh, those three people voted along with the other three, so um, they must have changed their minds.
2: Well, I, you know, here, here's my thinking. I, what I'm concerned about, and Miss
1: Kimberly brought this
2: up. You know, we might have a, we might have a, a tainted Supreme Court here, y'all, like big time. And you know, the Jenny Thomas stuff. Uh, I'll pull out your protest sign, Miss Kimberly, and hold it up. The 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 Jenny Thomas stuff alone is disturbing. With the whole January 6th, and I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist here, and go out on a limb and say, just throw this out in the ether. You know, if she, I believe she leaked that uh, the the Supreme Court uh, early decision to detract from January 6th stuff. I, I really do, y'all. I mean,
0: they have they told us who the leaker is? They said it was uh, one of the clerks or a staffer with the uh, Supreme Court, but who and knows? Who knows? Like, right? who I knows? Mean, the, it, it really doesn't matter who brought it out. It's out. And now it's for real. It's, that's right. It's law. It's law. So I want to move into now. I want to move into the news in five because I got a few things to talk about. Dougie Fresh, are you going to time me?
1: Uh, Sure, just a second. Let me get my timer going. All right, we got a few things
0: to talk about. Yes, we have a few things to talk about. And um, I'm going to probably be under five minutes today uh, because we have a very, very special guest that is, this woman is amazing. And uh, she was, oh my God, she was like listed as one of the top females in politics in the entire United States, so the top 10. So that means a lot as well. Are we ready, Doug? Doug, are we ready? clock's already running. Oops. Oh, okay. Uh, That's not even fair. But anyway, uh, let me tell you this right now, that Kentucky's trigger law could put doctors in prison for up to five years. So how does that work? Uh, I wrote some notes here. Uh, According to the Human Life Protection Act of 2019 in the General Assembly, surgical and medical abortions are illegal in Kentucky. And doctors, nurses, uh, nurses' aides, um, lobotomous, anybody that could be uh, included to doing any type of an abortion or giving uh, abortion medications will be uh, slapped with a class D felon- felony. Now, there there is an exception, and a lot of people didn't know this, even I didn't know this, but the exception here in Kentucky is that doctors can perform reasonable medical judgment, such as it will cause death to the woman or great physical harm to the woman or great physical problems uh, to the woman. So there is something called a medical judgment on that. Also vice president, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, my soror. hey everybody, AKA in the house. Yes, uh, it is confirmed. Uh, Our vice president did say that uh, Joseph Biden is going to uh, run for president again. Okay, so in the comments, let us know how you feel about that. I mean, do you think he should run again or do you think we should get someone else? Okay, now, the other story that I have that a lot of people are going to be very, very happy to hear about. Baby formulas, yes, here in the state of Kentucky, are slowly reappearing on the shelves uh, of various grocery stores. And one of the places that you might find some baby formula at this point would be Target. It has been noted that, hey, there's been a sighting of baby formula at Target. Also, Kentucky is going to be getting $8 million to promote early childhood education. And this comes strictly from our great governor, uh, Andy Bashir, that he wants every child up until the age of three years old to be able to get different screenings to let the parents know where they are, where their child is in the cognitive um, what's the word I'm looking for? The cognitive cognitive dissidents on their child. They want to know where their child is. Are they up to a three-year-old or a two-year-old or a one-year-old, or is it something that's holding them back? So our governor wants this to happen for each and every child in Kentucky. Also Hillary Clinton, who has known Clarence Thomas since law school, yes, and she said that he has always been, even in college, uh, Clinton says that he's always been a person of resentment grievances and anger and i just want to say this clarence thomas is no third good marshall okay so i don't want everybody thinking just because he black you know like my mama used to say he might be some of my folk, but he ain't none of my kind. So uh, that would be Clarence Thomas with his crooked wife. And then also, I know I end this with Mitch McConnell. Oh, I know you all miss hearing his name, don't you? Uh, He was in Florence, Kentucky at a Rotary Club meeting and uh, he called the Federal Abortion Rights Act uh, outdated and wrong. And he also goes into how uh, ending, he compared it to ending uh, racial segregation with Brown versus the Board of Education. But he still did not give a clue as to how he truly felt about abortions. So that's the news in five. How did I do, Doug? Hey! I did it. I did it. So now we, oh man, I did it. I can't even believe it. Ooh, Good job. I, that was news of the week. So now okay. we have the big kahuna coming out. Uh, for our final episode of Pride Month, we're really excited because we're joined by Tina Ward-Puke, who is running for Jefferson County Clerk, the office that runs elections for Louisville. She's running to replace the current long-serving Republican County Clerk, which is Bobby. I said Bobby, Bobby Hosecloth, who has been the clerk, guess what, since 2014. Tina is the first openly- gay elected Kentucky politician, formerly on the city council right here in Louisville, Kentucky. And after taking a break from politics, which wasn't really a big break because uh, at the time the mayor appointed her as the director of women's the women's office here in Louisville. And uh, now she's campaigning to become the county clerk in the most important democratic stronghold in the state welcome my good friend my sister in the fight for democracy tina ward puke hey tina
3: We can't- thank, you. thank you so much thank you so much kimberly i'm glad to be here uh appreciate your show we've been tuned in here listening um it's uh, been quite a quite a few days here um and you know i would tell you it's all about voting um, elections have consequences. And finally, finally, Congressman Yarmouth said it on Saturday, you know, for the, for the Democrats who didn't vote for Hillary, the Democrats who, who chose to take a chance because she wasn't the perfect candidate, um, uh, even with the endorsement of a phenomenal president, Barack Obama, didn't matter. And so now we're, we're reaping the, you know, what, what we've sown. And so elections have consequences. And, and that was just the first of many that will be very consequential for our nation and our world, you know, because people look to look up to us and look towards us around the world. So thank you for having me on your, on your show. I'm honored to be here.
0: Well, Tina, I'm going to start off with the first question and then, um, Mr. Doug Price, who you're gonna hear me calling him Dougie Fresh, right? And uh, he's gonna have the second question for you. But my first question is, and I even wrote it down, that's how important it is to me. Tell us about exactly what does the county clerk do? We know something with elections and that type of thing. And uh, also, why did this particular office uh, draw you back into politics?
3: Um, Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, you know, the county clerk is responsible for a, a number of services, you know, um, the clerk's office is over our, um, motor vehicle, uh, department of motor vehicles. Um, we are over the clerk's office is over the deed room, which, uh, is a huge compilation of all of our records and deeds, uh, contracts. Uh, and then uh, licensures, for instance, uh, your marriage licenses, your boat license, your vehicle license, um, and, of course, the Board of Elections, which is not mentioned a lot when when the current clerk talks a lot about and touts the work that she's done and been doing. Um, and And I guess what I'd like to say is, <clears throat> forgive me. Um, she's been good with vehicles, but she's not been good with voting. And so she's not done her whole job. And I just want to add that she's actually been in office since 1998. There looks like there was a break because she ran for governor, but she didn't have to leave her seat to do that. And so she's actually been in office for a quarter century. And I think that's plenty of time to focus on you know, doing everything in your power and that you can think of and, and transformation as, as time moves on, you know, modernizing the clerk's office, uh, around voting. And <clears throat> she hasn't done that. And, you know, your second question about why now, why this, I mean, really, quite frankly, um, I thought about running in 2018. And as a matter of fact, I I asked her after a Women's Equality Day meeting, I said, there are 300 women in here at Women's Equality Day. And when you said you're over the Board of Elections, they asked you one question. What can we do to help you expand access to voting? And you just said, I'm sorry, we've tried that. We've tried to recruit people. They don't want to get the low pay. They don't want to spend a whole day. They, they don't wanna take off work. I mean, you gave a litany of reasons, but it's just really not good enough, you know? And she and I have a, a fine collegial relationship. <clears throat> I didn't run in 2018 because I was, you know, appointed uh, a job at the Office for Women. Um, but over the course of the last four years, you know, in 2020, during all of the COVID stuff, You know, the the press are all over her and she's basically absent for the last two elections. You know, what's it going to be in September and October? What's it going to be? And she just looks up at the camera and says, I'm just waiting for Frankfurt to tell me what to do. And I said, that's it. I'm running because when do we wait for Frankfurt to tell us what to do, although they do all the time? Um, You know, she doesn't stand up and say, my party's wrong about this. She, She should do that. If she believes her party's wrong about this, if she believes her party shouldn't be restricting in Georgia that you can't take somebody who's waiting in line for three hours a bottle of water, then she must agree with that. And so my point is, um, we don't just need somebody who just generally runs an okay shop around elections, but closes up polling locations rather than finding poll workers. We need to be working. We need a clerk who's working to do everything she can to get everyone as much access to voting as possible. And that's why I'm running.
0: I like it. Uh, One more thing. Can you tell everybody what you told me, Tina, about what the marriage certificates, uh, what color they're going to be?
3: Sure, sure. The, the, The precursor to that story is, <clears throat> excuse me when laura and i it, it wasn't legal in kentucky at the time when doma fell over fell um, um the case um when doma fell um so we had to go to uh, out of state to get married and laura now my spouse but you know and and partner uh of for almost 23 years now in 2015, when Doma fell, we went to the clerk's office, you know, we were just excited. We were just hopeful. You know, it's true when you go to get your license and other things, you know, the clerk's office always is, is, you know, is generally say, you know, how may I help you um, and do that? So we're standing at the counter, the two of us, you know, just almost giddy because the thing that I never thought I was going to get to do in my lifetime was really happening. And so this woman gets up and as nice as she can be, comes over to the counter and says, how may I help you? I said, we're here to get our marriage license. And she just kind of looked at us and then she turned around and said, you need to help them. And someone else got up and came around over to help us, to get us our license so that we could send to Maryland get everything filled out and ready to go. And so, you know, what that means to me is, is that, you know, this is the same job that Kim, you know, that, that um, um, in Round County. Yeah. Um, who refused to give people marriage license, even though it was her job to do that. It wasn't about, her faith. It wasn't about her values. It wasn't about anything. It was it was her job to do this. And, um, and so, um, you know, we got that, we went off, we got married. And so as I think about creating an atmosphere in the clerk's office where everyone is welcome. When you don't have to beat somebody over the head to say, "Oh my gosh, how can I help you?" I'm, I'm for gay rights. I'm for same-sex marriage. Let me, you know, be the whatever. Instead of that, how about just subtle ways of communicating that? So perhaps on the back wall, when you walk into that place where you get your marriage license, there's just, you know, maybe eight copies of marriage licenses, but they're, but they're behind a. a the rainbow flag colors so that what you see is is that you know if you've come in here to get a marriage license everybody's welcome here i don't have to say anything about what i feel about it or anything about it what you know as as you come in there is is that you're welcome because it's a public service it is not a religious or private you know bestowment on someone and i want people to feel like they're welcome uh, and that includes the staff. There are plenty of staff who support that as
1: well.
0: I love that. What about you, Doug? I know you have a question for Miss <laughs> Tina Ward. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, I love that too. You're you're welcoming humans. You're not yeah. welcoming, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. You're just people. We're mm. all just people. We're we're different. We're all different, but we're all just people. Um Here's a, here's a question for you. Uh, We're not traditionally thought of as a swing state, but watching the January 6th congressional hearings, what are your thoughts about the big lie and how it impacted folks in offices very similar to the one you're seeking? I believe, I'm going to make a quick statement. I believe maybe that if Trump, if you were in office and Trump had called you or Giuliani had called you and wanted you to do something, you probably would have hung up on them or just flat out said, no, I can't do that. So elaborate on the, the big line, how it impacted folks in office is very similar to what you're, when you're seeking.
3: Well, um, <clears throat> there, there actually are a couple of different um, things that are happening as a result of that. One, one that's positive and one that's not so positive um, the one that's not so positive is is that there are a lot of I mean, there are a lot of polling locations around the country, but in Jefferson County, there are 12% fewer voting or polling locations in the West End than are in the South and East End. And the reason why, part of the reason why is is that you have to have both a Democrat and Republican at, as poll workers. And as I understand it, in a lot of those situations, there aren't Republicans who want to work those polls. There are Democrats, but not Republicans. And so, rather than hunting everywhere all you can to find Republicans to work those polls, we just sort of shutter them and then combine them ten blocks away, where you know folks can't walk to vote. Um, that kind of thing. And so, and so the the. You know the the down. So the good side is, um, a lot of people recognize finally the the importance of voting. I mean, it's it is the fundamental base where where I believe civilization and fairness and uh, humanity gets gets its legs and. Um, The downside is, is that apparently there's a movement around the country from Republicans specifically to sign up as poll workers, specifically to be an impediment and to cause uh, chaos, to disrupt at the polling locations, to challenge anything. Uh, And so that concerns me. And so the truth of the matter is, is we're going to have a, a an election in May, you know, a primary election for statewide offices, including uh, go- the governor's race. And so we've got to hit the ground running. Uh, we've got to be ready. And you know, we're going to have to make sure that when we vet poll workers, we figure out the right questions. And, and set of, of um, inquiries that we ask them and look, up, look into about them um, pass a test where it feels like it's really not someone who's deliberately you know, wanting to come cause chaos. Because I, I, I really don't believe, by and large, that, that that's really what Republicans want to do. I believe that, that the vocal minority has taken over and the soft middle Republicans are just letting it go uh, rather than standing up, which is the problem. Um, And so, you know, you're right. I I wouldn't have hung up on the president. I respect the office. I respect the office. Um, But I certainly would have said, um, you've called the wrong county clerk. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter what my party is, but I'm telling you, I, I am interested only in fairness and in credibility and accountability and, and that's no matter what party you are a member of. And so if, if, if anybody calls me, whatever your party is to ask me to do something like that, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm not a part of that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to work hard to ensure that I never get that call because you know not to call me, because you know not just me, but the people that are hired, the poll workers that come on to be a part of that process are are, are people who are accountable, people you can trust, people who have gone through a vetting process, and people who just want to be a part of of making our democracy work. Um, I think it was awful, and I, I will I, I have to say, um uh, Liz Cheney, uh, Congresswoman Liz Cheney and I don't agree on anything other than uh that she has chosen in this instance to be that her country is more important than her party and that she is willing to put her service to our country even though I disagree with her perspectives um that she's willing to put it on the line for for her country she has my admiration for that. And I think that if there were more Republicans who were willing to to do that, then we would have a different outcome, not just on uh, January 6th, 6th, but since January 6th.
0: Exactly. And I know Nima has a question for you as well, Tina. Okay.
2: So Kimberly was saying that you were the first openly gay uh, yes. Elected official. Elected official in the state of Kentucky. Um, so as Pride Month is winding down, uh, how do you view the state um, of the movement for equality in Kentucky? Where are we right now, do you think?
3: Well, you know, um, it's kind of a, a mixed bag, but I think more hopeful than not. Um, you know, I'm honored to hold that position. I certainly never started out to be that person. Uh, You know, I I just wanted to elect women judges to change the face of the courts. And we did that, by the way, um, with folks like Denise Clayton and Ann Shake and, you know, Janice Martin, Patty Walker Fitzgerald and Shelly Santry and others. Um, I'm, I'm glad about that. And I was a legislative aide to a first ward alderman, Scotty Green, I did not aspire to the office, and so, and so on the one hand, um, you know, it was just it was just the right time and place. I, I I wasn't one of those people that was marching in the streets about my about who I was um, in my sexuality, but I certainly was with folks in those movements. And I'll just tell you the two things that happened that year in 1998 that really I thought was a shift and a turn in the tide. There's no question this community elected me and Bill Allison and George Unsel to the the Board of Aldermen in 1998 because we were for fairness and fairness had been working, the campaign and people had been working for 15 years getting the community ready, pushing the Board of Aldermen and on January 26th we passed it, 26 days into our term But but that year, um, Alicia Pedrera was fired from the Kentucky Baptist Children's Home because a photo was entered in a photo contest of she and her partner at the time. Without their knowledge, someone on the board saw it at the state fair, complained about it, and they fired her. And then after that, of course, we had the stoning of Matthew Shepard. You know, they hung him on a fence and stoned him to death. This 19, I think he was a 19-year-old boy. Um, And um, folks like Alderman Steve Magrave decided, you know, it's isn't right. This is not right. And uh, the tide shifted. And and building on that, the reason why I'm hopeful is, is that there are cities that come in Kentucky online more frequently than I imagined ever would be the case to adopt fairness in their cities. I mean, Chris Hartman and the fairness uh, campaign, you know, the um, Alliance for Justice uh, and other organizations work every day around this state to convince cities and their elected officials to accept and adopt, you know, to be, to be a city of fairness and more, even though it's a few, I don't even know if there's even two dozen yet, but they're, you know, who, who would think about that? Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful.
0: Um, about I have something, that. I have something, um, You know, I'm I'm sure everybody can hear from Tina that she gives a lot of people their flowers, if you all notice that, but I have to give her her flowers. Um, Back in 1998, I remember it quite well. A lot of people turned their backs on Tina. There were death threats. Uh, She had to be escorted by the police home. Our car, all of these type of things. And uh, I just wanna make sure that our viewers know, Tina, who you really are and what you really had to go through. And I know that you're that modest woman. You're always, I mean, like you guys, believe me <laughs> when I tell you, she's always <laughs> thinking of other people. But uh, I just had to bring that up to everyone, uh, what she went through herself. And, and she was a trendsetter for all of us in this state. Uh, a lot of the reasons why we do have uh, fairness in Kentucky that is going to be on the ballot because of uh, what's been going on. Uh, she stood up for what was right. She stood up for herself. So I just want to make sure Tina that everybody understood uh, exactly at that time what you actually had to go through as well.
3: Thank you, Kimberly. I appreciate that, and, and you're exactly right. I'm I'm terrible at promoting myself or the things you know because because really, <clears throat> I mean, I I just never did it alone. There were always people who came before me. I mean, I, I tell people all the time who were a part of the Fairness Campaign for 15 years, I had the easy job. I mean, I, I marched and I did a few things here and there with them, but I had the easy job. I got to vote for it 26 days into it. They're they're the ones who've been doing it. Mm. Um, and so I, I appreciate your generosity and, and it does take all of us to get I- that done. And I just always want to make sure everybody, um, you know, everybody gets the credit that they're due. You know, and it it wasn't an easy time. I I was only barely out to my family to, to, you know, who live in Mississippi. Um, My sisters had known for a long time. We were very close. And I was only three years out to my mother and father, you know, and gratefully, gratefully, they, they were supportive and it, you know, it took them, me finding Laura and, and them knowing her and me uh, through, for the last 20 years to understand it perfectly that love
0: is love. <laughs> love is love and you know, we love you, <laughs> Tina. So oh, tell the people, you, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people fell in love with you uh, tonight <laughs> as well. Um, how can uh, they get in touch with your campaign and what you need for your campaign? We always <laughs> know it's always like a little money that's right. And nothing funny about the money.
3: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. It's the hardest job uh, I've ever had is, is uh, making phone calls, asking for money. Um, but it's what you have to do. So you're right. Yes. So first of all, I have a website. It's, it's just a basic website. Uh, it is Tina Ward Pew for county com, uh, And that's Tina Ward Pew. F-O-R for countyclerk.com. Uh, on there, it'll tell you just a little bit about me, and then it'll also give you a chance at the bottom of it to sign up to join the team, it, you know, to volunteer. You can also click on the donate button. One of the things that we push that has been very successful, I don't know about your, your viewers, but my people are low-dollar donors. I'm, I'm honored and proud of that. I, I'm a low-dollar donor. There are about six Congress, black Congresswomen that I give $4 a month to, because that's all I can afford. But but that adds up at the end of 12 months. And so we encourage people, if you want to give $200, but you can't, then just give me $25 a month, monthly. And that works fine. Um, More importantly, though, we really um, we're looking for our goal is to have at least 500 volunteers. We're going to be knocking doors, uh, talking to voters. We're actually going to have a pilot project to try to engage voters that are registered, but who don't vote because there are tons of them out there. And we believe with with our innovative practice, with our deputy campaign manager, Kathleen Camposano, and the good work that she's done, um, um, the verifiable work that she's done to engage voters that don't vote, that end up turning out voters to vote, is just significant. And so part of of what I want to do, not only in this campaign, but as your next clerk is, is to get people to vote. And and again, I don't care what your party is. I'm never going to ask you that. I'm a Democrat, don't get me wrong, and I'm proud Democrat. But but when 23% of the people voting in the primary get to choose our people, that's not, who who does the community want? We know what 23% of the people want. So my point is, is that we'd love for you to join our team. There are plenty of volunteer opportunities. We're going to be at the Crescent Hill Community Council on on, um, Sunday and Monday, 4th of July. Um, you know, we're going to be knocking doors. You know, we're just in parades. We're having fun.
0: Um, so, yeah. It, so. Sounds, it sounds good, Tina. You know Come I'm here us. for you. Come you know us. I'm here for you, right? You,
3: you've been there for a long time, and I really appreciate that.
0: <laughs> I'm well, it, it has been so great having you tonight. Uh, it has been a special treat. And I tell you what, Aaron Viles, He's going to wish he would have been here, but you know (laughs) he'll see the replay on it and we'll make sure to put it out. And Tina, if your crew, your campaign crew uh, could put this out everywhere, it would greatly uh, be appreciated for our algorithms. And this was a great interview of you. It really was. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it really showed. uh, I think you showed everyone who you are, who I already knew you were. But I have to tell now about the call to action. Okay. The call to action is take our poll. We're at exactly 200 responses and we'd like to hit 500. Can you take five minutes out right now and help us pick up the worst actions of the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad legislator? Once we hit 500 responses, we'll share with the media and help remind voters what the GOP supermajority is doing to our Commonwealth. I think you have to be living in a rock, underneath a rock, not to know what's going on it's crazy it's asinine and it's very perplexing so uh once again progress kentucky we need you yes you i'm talking to you uh join our team we're in need right now yeah i'm the begging girl okay call me al green call me keep sweat it doesn't matter i'm begging to you right now that we need your help Uh, making this newsletter. We need a newsletter editor, some social media managers, and potential voters to engage folks in the fight for a more progressive commonwealth. Join us. Shoot us an email if you want to get more involved. You could just email us at info at progresskentucky Org. So we'll be back next week and your great host Aaron will be back as well and we'll be keeping you updated on Kentucky political news uh, that you can use and we hope you'll log in and join us. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State organized as a 501C and is affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, otherwise known as CAVE. So Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. The production this evening was by Nate or Shen, our very own Nate. And the music that you always see me grooving to when the show, you know, is coming and closing. That is by Nate himself. You can hear more of his music on natosongs.com. And that's Songs.com. And yes, I've been talking about the Jones Report forever. But hella high water, we're going to be on the air this Sunday at 2 p.m. Okay. It's been a lot of stuff going on and trying to get people together after we haven't been together for quite some time has some of its challenges, but we will be on at 2 p.m. on Sunday. So thank you to everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our great guest tonight, Tina Ward-Pugh, who's running for Jefferson County Clerk, She gave you the information. It's in the contact in the um, chat as well. And I thank you so very much to Nima and Dougie Fresh. I love you guys. And um, you know what? Do something nice for somebody this week. You know? buy somebody a cup of coffee, make a phone call, you know, comment on a post or something like hours, right? Share it out. Yeah. Do something nice for us this week. And you know what? We'll be back here next week, same time, same bat channel and um, have a good one.